All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of uh, Call to Comeback podcast. I will be your host today, Tom Spallone. Uh, Bob McGinnis cannot make it on today, so we'll miss him. But we have special guest, uh, Jimmy Cody. Jimmy, how you doing today, Jim? Tom, I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy to be here, talk about the tournament, some NFL moves. I mean, baseball, too. We got that going on, you know. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is the fun time of sports. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, this this weekend, just so much happened uh, with the tournament, so we got a lot to catch up on. I'll uh, start with the, the Cinderella teams, honestly. We saw St. Peter's uh, from New Jersey uh, go in and beat Kentucky, which no one expected, uh, I can tell you that, in the first round. And then they went on to beat Murray State, who had a very good season uh, in the round of 32. So now they're sitting in the Sweet 16. They're playing Purdue uh, next weekend. And they're, they're definitely pumped up, and I'm rooting for them because I want to see them make a run. Oh, you know, I'm pumped up too, and I want to see them make a run as well. I mean, what they've accomplished already is nothing short of amazing. Them alone beating Kentucky, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, no, that, that's not even up for debate, actually. Nobody saw that coming. That, yeah, is no. absolutely, like, yeah, that is absolutely true. But then I don't think anybody saw them beating Murray State either because Murray State was a pretty good team. You know, I thought for a seven seed, they were they had a pretty good record. They had over thirty wins. Um, they're they're a good team, uh, Murray State. And so when they beat them, I mean, and they beat them pretty, they beat them pretty easily. Handily, yeah. Yeah, they beat them handily. And now they go up against Purdue. They're definitely lacking in height. That is the one thing that they are definitely lacking in against Purdue. But you know what they have? They have heart. They yeah. have heart. And I love watching St. Peter's play. I love the guy Doug. Uh, I forget what his yeah, last name is, but he is so fun to watch. So fun to watch. I'm getting a real kick out of it. And plus, they are from New Jersey, our home state. So that makes it even more interesting. But yeah, what a great story they are, um, for sure. I mean, everybody loves the 15 seed. I mean, you can't get enough of that. Yeah, exactly. They're they're a very fun team to root for. And like you said, uh, they're going up against Purdue next game. And it's a tough matchup, Purdue height-wise. Uh, I think they're a matchup nightmare for any team in this tournament. They got two bigs in Williams and uh, Edie who just control the post, and then they have a shooter. Uh, they also have Ivy, who's a playmaker. So um, it's really tough to guard this team. So that's going to be a good matchup to see. Uh, moving on, I'd like to talk about uh, Michigan. I mean, this team, Michigan, no one really was given a shot. Honestly, me too. Uh, once I saw the bracket, I was a little shocked that they didn't even get a play in. Uh, they had their first match against Colorado State. Uh, they they fell down early, down 15. They were down in the first half. Picked it up. Dickinson really picked up the slack. He finished with 21 against uh, Colorado State. They came back, won that game, uh, and then they won in the round of 32 uh, over the weekend as well. So they're into the Sweet 16. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Jimmy Cody, because I know they were a team that a lot of people didn't even want to see in the tournament. Well, I understand the people where they're coming from that they felt they didn't like shouldn't have been in the tournament. But the fact of the matter is. It, that could, that's all at the window now because they've already proved it. I mean, that win over Tennessee was nothing short of surprising. I mean, yeah. I did not see that coming. And what can you say about Tennessee except for Rick Barnes seems to find a way to lose in every single yeah, they, NCAA tournament game ever. I mean, yeah. it, it's at, I mean, I really thought Tennessee was a team that was getting hot at the right time, was going to make a deep run. I mean, I, I thought Final Four or Elite Eight for this team. I thought they were – there was no way they wouldn't be sitting next to Arizona for a chance to go to the Final Four. I mean, I, th I really thought that was how it was going to finish up. But, I mean, Tennessee losing was a surprise. But you got to give credit to Michigan because they're the ones who got the win. And they played the games that they've just kind of had to play. You know, they, they've been slowing down the ball. Um, they've been making the shots in the key moments. But they haven't been flashy either. You know, they've just been doing what they got to do. And credit to them because that's what gets the W's at the end of the day. And they have two. 
Exactly. And Tennessee, like you said, is a very strong team. Uh, they're top five in defense this year. And I was really expecting them to make a good run, especially when I saw that game against Kentucky in the SEC tournament. They looked really good. Uh, that loss to Michigan really really did come a shocking way. And uh, this Kate Dickinson can really change any tournament because uh, when you feed him in the post, he's almost unguardable. So uh, they're going to be a, a good eye to watch uh, in the Sweet 16. Um, who they matched up against again, Michigan? Uh, Michigan has to play. I got to take a look here. I'm trying to think here off the top of my head. Uh, they're in the uh, they're in the Arizona bracket, right? So who is the below? Who would they play? Um, Let's see, while well, I pull that up, I'm trying. Oh. I'm trying to think because it w it would have been the two seed. Are they playing Villanova? Yes, they they're playing, playing Villanova, Villanova right? Yes. I was gonna say. Right. Okay, that's playing. gonna be a very tough match. Yeah, I, mean, I was trying Villanova. to think. Who, I was trying to think who the two seed was in that division. It's Villanova. Yeah. So I mean. That's going to be a good game. It's going to be a very good game. To Honestly, watch. I'm excited. I think I give the advantage to Michigan just because of what they can do down low. I mean, with Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, I, no, they're never out of this game. Especially Eli Brooks too can drive the basketball. He's a playmaker. I agree. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they have. Uh, moving on, let's talk a little ACC here. I mean, how about Miami and UNC? Uh, shocking, shocking, really. Uh, we saw Auburn go down to Miami uh, yesterday. It was basically a blowout towards the end of the game. They won by 18. And then uh, we saw uh, UNC knock off Baylor uh, over the weekend, and uh, I watched that game. Uh, UNC came out hot early. They held the lead the whole way, and then Baylor made a push at the end. It went to overtime, but UNC closed it out. Um, two big upsets, and, and the ACC can really score the basketball, so they're, they're, they're tough out in this tourney. Yeah, so, I mean, the whole thing they say about March Madness, it's all about matchups. And you know what? North Carolina matched up well with Baylor. They found a way to win. And they, they, they were just hitting the shots they had to. They were playing pretty good defense early on in the game. They, they let Baylor back into that game, though. But they still found a way to get the buckets. And they made the stops that they needed to in overtime, too. So they've been kind of, you know, relying on their defense. And, you know, this was a team that I feel like ever since that Coach K game, you know, the, the tide has kind of turned for them. The, the last game at Cameron Indoor where they beat Duke um, for Coach K, the last game at Cameron Indoor is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Um you know, I felt like they kind of got a new confidence after that because they started playing better. And, I mean, they looked phenomenal against Marquette. They looked they phenomenal against Marquette. I mean, they were hitting everything, and then Marquette couldn't score either. So, I mean, that's a credit to their defense once again for UNC. And then this week, again, they, they're, they're hitting the shots when they need to in a timely manner. And then they're also relying on defense in the end of the game. And, you know, they're a dangerous team. I mean, they're, they're North Carolina. They have talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just about putting it together. And they're playing as good as anyone right now. And they have a, they have a matchup against UCLA. That's going to be a very I, yeah. interesting game. I'm really excited for that one. That's going to be a very interesting game. Yeah. Um, looking ahead, yeah, for next weekend, uh, you want to take a look at the matchups? Yeah. I mean, let's start with the North Carolina UCLA one. Yeah, UNC uh, UCLA. Honestly, I'm 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 liking UNC in that matchup just because of how, just like we said, they score the basketball really well. They're hot right now. Uh, UCLA just did come off a big win against uh, St. Mary's. They handled them pretty well. So, yeah, I did not expect that out of UCLA, especially nah. the way they looked in the first game and the way that St. Mary's looked in the first game too. Yeah, Mary's is one of the top defensive teams also in the country, and UCLA really didn't have a problem <clears throat> scoring the basketball on them. So that was good to see from UCLA. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. And uh, I'm honestly really excited because there's uh, star power on both sides of the, of, uh, the basketball here. Only thing for UCLA is they got to make sure that Jaime Jaquez can play because I know he got a little banged up at the end of the uh, yes, that last did. game. But also, too, for UCLA, they have got to find a way to get Johnny Juzang 
like on fire because he has not he has not been playing good for a while now. Yeah, he's just not hitting shots. Yeah, he's at a very all. streaky. Shooter. He's a very streaky player. But we saw that run that he had last year. That was phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, and this it was. year it is completely different. But you know what? UCLA, they're a team that was completely built for this run all over again, right? So think about it. Last year they go to the Final Four, they lose on the half court shot uh, by Gonzaga. Sucks. Um, and now they're back with the, pretty much the same roster and then some. They got Bernard, Tiger Campbell, Juzang, Hawkes, Cody Riley, etc. Um, and they got the whole squad back from last year, and they're trying to make another run. And this is, I mean, pretty much this is kind of where I think we all expected UCLA to be at the end of the day. Yeah, um, definitely. They're a team that was poised for a run like this. So it's put up or shut up time for them. I mean, also, too, I feel like they're a team that has been comfortable all season because they're just like, no, like, oh, you know, we just got to get to March. So now it's really time to see what they're made of. And hopefully the last game was a sign of that, that, you know, maybe when they really turn on the Jets, they can they can really get there. Yeah, I agree. I think they're definitely poised to make a deep run if they can get past UNC. Uh, looking at that Kansas-Providence matchup, I think this is a real, real sleeper matchup to watch. I mean, Providence... <clears throat> gets disrespected um, on the odds. I don't know if you've seen Vegas. No, I agree with them. It, I agree with them. I like. I, oh, really? I, I do not like this team at all. They yeah, come but when off, you're putting them at two and a half point favorites against South Dakota State, and then they, they let South game? Dakota I mean, State back in that game. I know they did, but they still If it wasn't for the plus. kid fouling on the three at the end, they might have lost. They, they, I don't know. This Come team, on. They're, they're a lot better than Come a lot of people giving credit. If Come you, on. Stop. <laughs> you know if that kid did not foul, South Dakota State would have the ball with, what, seven seconds left? You it would have been a lot closer. It, you, it, and it, it was a two-point game? You don't think you don't think he could have? You don't think they could have went it, down and scored? They, they could have. They, they had a huge lead and completely choked it. I understand last game, nice win, good job. Shout out Providence. The thing is, though, Providence. Way to go. Beat, way to beat Richmond. But let's be honest here. Let's not act like the South Dakota State game wasn't close. It, they it, let them right closer. back into it. South Dakota State can shoot the basketball. They're the, the best three-point shooting team in the country. So, I mean, I guess that's fair to say that that should have been a close game. Providence ended up pulling away late, so you got to give it your props. They, they avoided a scare. But if, this team is if just that gets kid did not foul him, I am telling you, Providence would not be staying here. I think that's I a stretch. I, like, I truly believe that from the bottom of my heart. Providence has won those type of games all year. No, they're, you could say they're a lucky they're, team. No, no, they are. You could say they win close games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They, they, get, about, they, they get it done. How about in the Big East tournament? Because they played horrible in the Big East tournament. They, they were horrendous in the Big East tournament. They, they didn't play well in the Big East tournament. I mean, I, I was expecting Nova to win that tournament anyways. Providence had such a good regular season where that tournament didn't mean much, honestly, for them seeding-wise. If they won the Big East, maybe they would have been a three. Uh, I still think four is, was like the perfect spot for them. I don't know. You can say what you want about this team. Eight point underdogs against Kansas. I think they can. They're going to test that team. Eight points all the is way. a lot, but way too many. And and I I don't. I would never make any of these games eight points ever. But I'm not yeah. a lines maker. I think I think but, they, they honestly can beat Kansas. They got a great shot. I mean, anything can happen in March. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give them a chance. But I definitely think Kansas is the better team. Kansas is the better team. I just think Kansas always finds a way to. To get upset. This is around the time where it happens, too. I mean, <laughs> that is true. They, they do are have a good squad. For this. They are. They, they got a good squad, though. I mean, it, it, that'll be a good game. I, I'm just very high on Providence. Well, we were actually talking on after the whistle today about this, and Jeffrey asked me, Who do I think has the easiest path to a Final Four of the big seeds left? And I said, Nobody. But I would, if I had to pick one, like gun to my head, I'll pick Kansas because they get to play Providence or they get to play, and they get to play Miami versus. Uh, yeah, that's true. Iowa State. Iowa State. That's a favorable matchup I mean, for sure. I mean, really? I mean, Providence. If Providence is in the Final Four, that would be insane. 
Yeah, no, it would be. I mean, th they got the, ch the guys to do it, though, this year. I mean, this is their best team that they've had in a long time. Uh, Durham, sure. Watson, uh, Bonham's been really good. They're so just we'll a see. lucky team to me. That's the way I look they at them. They do they're have a, luck if you look at their They're statistics. such a lucky team. They're a, such a lucky team. I feel like they get bailed out all the time on either poor plays by the other team or just lucky stuff from their own team. Like, to me, the Big East tournament, I expected that out of them. I expected them to get blown out by Creighton. No, I get that. Wait, you expected me to get blown up by Creighton? Yes, I like. I thought that was like going to happen. Like, I really, really, I loved Creighton that day. I, I mean, Creighton them. has loved been sneaky them. this year. They gave Kansas a run uh, this past weekend. No, so. Creighton, Creighton was like, they I had a good year. I like was. I thought that was a good tournament. That's for crazy. Yeah, no, like I actually loved them. That turn, that like, that was a good prediction. <laughs> it was one good pick in a sea of a bunch of bad ones. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't really mean much. It's tough to predict uh, these games, obviously, as we know. But uh, I'll move on here. To, we have a, a great game next weekend. We got Arizona playing Houston. I just want to talk about that Arizona game, if anyone saw last night against TCU. They avoided a real scare because they, they honestly shouldn't yeah, be here right now. They should, I think no, they TCU should have won should, that basketball game. They should game. not be here. TCU totally d dominated on the offensive boards. Arizona couldn't, couldn't do much down the stretch. They were, they were getting clamped up on defense. Uh, TCU was on a 10-0 run at one point in the, in the final few minutes, and TCU had ball with like 20 seconds left, and Arizona – Played good D, but there was a there was a play near half court where they could have called a foul with a few seconds left, and they would have been shooting, and that could have iced the game. Refs decide to let it play on, and Arizona end up knocking the shot off and won an OT. But I mean, that was a huge scare for them, and, and now they're lucky to be here in the, in the suite. I I agree with you. Arizona's definitely lucky to be here. Um, I think they're a, like a very popular pick to win the national championship. Yeah. I mean that I think that's obvious. Um, they're they're a one seed, and they were riding hot going in. Um, but I mean, this game against Houston. I mean, I've been blown away by Houston. I mean, their defense. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I was I was doing some like research before the tournament has started, yeah. and I was kind of looking about like me and some of my roommates were doing this. It was like looking at like defensive like efficiency numbers. Yeah, that's what you got to look at. For and the tournament. and Houston was like way way out of the park. Like it was amazing. But they're we top five in D. I think. Oh right? no no, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. But it was just ratings, that the, and mm -hmm. it was just comparing it to all the other teams. And I will say this: I thought it was like kind of inflated because let's let's be honest with ourselves. Only one other team in that conference made the NCAA's, and that was Memphis. Yeah. And everybody we also else had a, a solid year. Gave yeah, Gonzaga they're, they're a solid tonight. team. Um, but uh, everybody else was like, I don't know, kind of a not good teams. If I'm being yeah. honest, Cincinnati, no one no, amazing in that. No, th they're not. They're not good teams. Um, and I kind of thought that it was a little inflated just because they were playing poor competition. But I have to admit, that was wrong. I, I'm, I was wrong about that. They're a team that can play defense. I mean, yeah, what no, they definitely. did to Illinois the other day was nothing short of fantastic. And also, too, they did a great job of the first game when they played UAB of stopping Jordan Walker, who is a very good guard mm -hmm. um, for, you, for the Blazers. And I, I've, I've been impressed. I've been impressed by Houston. I think that honestly, they they are definitely have a chance to win. Definitely. And I, I I agree with this. If they didn't play in the AAC, and maybe played in like the Big Twelve, like they're gonna was it next year? Yeah, I think it's they're next gonna year be in the, the Big Twelve next year. They they would be, I think, a one seed. No, nah, I could I, because I could they can that. play with anybody. They can play with anybody, and I think they would have been a one or two seed. Yeah, I mean, after after last season, we saw the run that Houston made. I can definitely say this team is legit. I mean, they've I mean, they lost some guys around. from last year. It's not last year's team at all. It's not. No, it's they've not. lost it's a few guys. Different they still team. have Fabian White yeah, and but they uh, lost Chaney. Like, they lost, like, Grimes. Yeah, they lost Quentin Grimes, who's one of the best scorers. Who's their best player? Uh, some, some other big guy uh, or uh, some guard 
that was pretty good as well. Yeah. They lost. But, I mean, yeah, no, they're still a very athletic team. They crashed the boards very well. They're, I think they're top three in offensive rebounding. Mm-hmm. They're top, definitely at least top five in great defense. Great coach, too. Yeah, I got a great coach Samson. in Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. And, yeah, no, this is going to be a great game. Arizona has great players, too. Matherin and uh, uh, Dalen Green yeah. is also very good. So it's going to be, <clears throat> I think, one of the best athletic performances we're going to see out of all these games because both these teams has crazy athletes that fly up and down the court. So it's going to be a fun game to watch. That's um, the that's definitely the matchup I think I'm most excited for. Yeah, I think that's the most even game. Or for or like the that. UNC North Carolina or the UNC UCLA game. Yes, that's another highly anticipated one. We'll move on to another one here. We're looking at Duke Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech are sleepers, man. They always are. Yeah, they're, they're not getting talked about at never. all, and they that don't. makes me think they may pull the upset. They can. I mean, this team's great defensively. We saw the first round; they scored the ball like crazy. They shot the ball over seventy percent from the field and three-point uh, land in the first half of their first game. And they played which good was insane. the second game, too. Yeah, played well the second game uh, against Notre Dame. And now they've faced Duke, who faced a little bit of a scare against Michigan State yesterday, but pulled away late. We know this Duke team uh, is solid, but not like past Duke teams. Uh, they do have Pilo Boncaro, who's a, who's a very good basketball player. So he's going to be a problem for Texas Tech. But uh, I'm excited for this matchup. I could I could really see it going either way. But uh, as we said, yeah, no one talks about Tech enough, really. They're a three seed, and you wouldn't know it. No, I completely agree with you. Completely not getting any love from yeah. anyone right now. And they're favorites in this game, by the way. Texas Tech is favorites? Yes. Really? Which, I don't the, think what is the line? They're one-point favorite. Wow. So yeah, I did not see that happening. I, I would have thought Duke would be like two or three-point favorites. Yeah, that's what you would think. So, wow. So, I mean, that's interesting to say. Uh, honestly, like in that situation, sometimes you just follow what's being given to you, yeah. and I think in one of, in that's a situation I would I would I would do that in. Um, but as for Duke, the way I look at them is like they have the like they they remind me remind me of Gonzaga where they have like the biggest the, like amount of potential. Like they totally could win the national championship. There's no doubt about the potential they have. Gonzaga. Them or Gonzaga, I'm saying. Yeah. But when they beat Gonzaga early in the season, that was when I realized, I was like, this Duke team could be really, really, really good. And I felt like they kind of peaked then. They haven't been nearly as good since. You know what I mean? No, they haven't. And uh, I want to see what they can do, especially in this game. And just like you talked about Gonzaga, they have uh, Arkansas in the Sweet 16. I think this is a great matchup for them, honestly. Uh, I don't don't know. Gonzaga hasn't impressed me either. That's true. I mean, Gonzaga didn't really play well against Georgia State in that first game, the first half especially. No. Uh, I think they were tied. No. And then not. that second game against Memphis, they, they were also slow. So it's fair to say that. But once this Gonzaga team gets going, though, they can score the ball very, very easily. And Timmy I, had a great game against Memphis. Timmy did have a good game against Memphis. But, you know, I was really concerned because Chet Holmgren played horrendous. Yeah, he's got he, a— He was not good on offense. And he was getting really pushed around down there. And I'll tell you what, Arkansas— they're pretty. They can play. Yeah, they can play. They can. They they got scores. No tag can definitely score the basketball. They have a good team. Yeah, Chet. I think needs to just learn how to use. He's obviously still young. He's just got to learn how to use his body a little better. I mean, he's very tall and lanky, and he he just can't be falling for the pump fakes because they 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 get you in he foul trouble. Go, he goes for the block every time. I agree. It's too much, and that's why he fouled out against Memphis, and it, it almost cost them. But it was it was too little, too late for Memphis, luckily, uh, for Gonzaga. So also, we'll dude, he does there. a he does a horrendous job with his shot selection. Yeah, he he's, forces a lot he too. He forces. It, it, it's so the, much on the offensive end. I completely agree with you about yeah. that. I mean, the kid's a freshman. He's going to be a lottery pick, so a lot, lot to learn from him. We know Hold that. Hold on really quick. If you have the number one pick, would you take him? I would not take him at all. No you way. Would not take I, I would not take him. Oh I would my not. Gosh. I hate his game. I wouldn't take him. Are you kidding me? No. 
I don't. Uh, I don't. He's very coachable. I don't. I know don't. How you don't take I don't that. understand what's so special about him. Like I, I understand oh he's seven gosh. one. He's seven one, and he can, can move I like tell a you guard. What, what, can I tell you what he reminds me of? He looks just kind of like like the older Manupal. Oh come like, on! He's just like tall out there. He doesn't really. I, do I much think for he me. looks more like Kevin Durant to me. Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's, he's you got the watched same... the last game and you I mean, tell Dur- me Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can, is the second best player in the well, NBA. No, Actually, Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA right now. Well, obviously, yes, Kevin Durant's ten times better than, or probably a hundred times better than Chet Holmgren. Do but not compare. Do not compare makeup. Chet Holmgren to Kevin Durant because yeah. their games are nowhere close to the, to the same. I mean, they are though. They have the same size. Yeah, they take and the, they same move the same shots. But Kevin makes them. Chet doesn't. Exactly. Durant makes them. So I'm saying that's it. That's I think that's that's Chet Holmgren's ceiling. If you're giving me an NBA comparison for him, he's got similar height and he moves like him. Okay, be realistic now. Be realistic. That's his ceiling. I'm not saying stop, he is Kevin Durant. Stop, stop, He's 7'1 and well, can move like a guard. Well, you told me he was Kevin that's Durant, but now you you're saying that's his ceiling because I think you're realizing it's That's my it's player a, comparison. He's <laughs> not Kevin Durant, obviously. Kevin Durant's in the NBA. I, well, Chet will be in the NBA. He yeah, he's a rookie. He's just not going to... He's got to put on weight and he's got to be very coachable. Okay, ideally, he's going down. to probably one or... Of a couple teams, he's probably gonna go to like the Magic, the Rockets, the Rockets, or the Pistons, or I was thinking too, um, uh, whatever. Those are one of those teams. Whoever, like, he is not good enough to carry a team. No, I wouldn't say he's good enough to carry a team either. I mean, we saw we see Cade Cunningham this year. He's been banged up a little bit. He hasn't been crazy good. I mean, we don't know how these guys are gonna transfer from college. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, when you have a guy who's seven one and can move like a guard, I think you got to take him number one. I know that kid Jabari Smith is similar. He's tall, can shoot, moves very well too. Uh, so he's going to be up there in, in picks. We'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting. But uh, these guys are definitely aren't are definitely going to have to put on weight though. You know, like they're not NBA, just ready to go into the NBA and dominate. Yeah, definitely no, not. they're they're definitely not. They're, so they're not we'll all Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Kyrie. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I think that's going to wrap it up for our tournament talk here. But uh, I'd like to talk a little MLB uh, offseason here, Jimmy. Um, I mean, we're Yankee fans. I've been disappointed. I've been extremely I've been disappointed. so disappointed. I've been, I've been extremely disappointed. I mean, Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner have not spent the money this offseason. Be honest. Who do you really think is their problem? Who do you – like, if you had to put it on one person – I don't know. Who I do think you it's think? Hal Steinbrenner. I think it is, too. Like, yeah. I, everyone's, like, blaming Cashman. I mean, he's the owner. I think he is being told, do not go over this tax. I do not want to pay. I make enough money. I don't need to do this. And also, Brian Cashman is a lifetime contract, so there's not really any sense of urgency there. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, it's frustrating to see that. And also, too, I mean, I know that we don't want to, like, you may not want to talk about this, but Judge possibly not playing. Yeah, that is not good. No, I that mean, is that could be bad. Very. I mean, I don't know what the situation is like with the Mets, but I mean, if we don't have Aaron Judge for half of our game, well, more than Garrett half Cole? because Garrett Cole's not either. I mean, you don't think so? Is that's the that's sure, from the that, remarks I've heard? I don't think he's vaccinated. Obviously, okay, and then I know Rizzo's not because he said last year he wasn't getting it. He's not. So that's three yeah. of our lot best of big, players big, that are yeah. not going to play. A lot of big players. It's not good to see. I'm hoping the mayor uh, Eric Adams changes that rule before the day. I mean, dude, he hasn't I, done I, it for Brock Kyrie. Irving, I don't so think I don't he's gonna. He I'm gonna be honest. Either. At this point, I think we've seen enough through the pandemic I, that the politicians are not gonna change their rules about COVID. Yeah. They kind of enjoy the power, I think. 
I agree. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's extremely frustrating. And then also when they go to Toronto to play those yeah. nine or ten games, they can't play apparently either there. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully that gets figured out, honestly. Uh, I'm not really sure who's unvaccinated from the Mets side, but I'm sure it's not as high as Judge Cole or, or Rizzo. So I mean, it might. Uh, who knows? We have no idea. Yeah, we, we don't know. We so. actually have no idea. So we'll see eventually. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just frustrated because the Yankees basically said that they – they told the fans that they weren't going to spend money this offseason because this was one of the best free agent classes we've seen in a while with Freddie Freeman out there and Carlos Correa and Trevor Story and Corey Seager and Seager and and Scherzer and all these guys and the Yankees couldn't land one of them and they ended up making a trade that no one saw coming. It was uh, Gary Sanchez and Urshela for a Twins defensive catcher to clear cap space for Correa. For Correa. So the Twins basically finessed the Yankees, yeah. if, if we're going to say that. And we got another guy who can strike out 200-something times a year yeah. and hit for like 220. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I like the I fire like... that Donaldson brings. It's a small ballpark, so I, th- I think he can have good offensive numbers. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, but this isn't Josh Donaldson. year This isn't Josh Donaldson of five years ago. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I agree. 36-year-old, and you're taking on all 50, 50, 56 million, I think it was. That you're paying him. So it's questionable stuff that they're doing. All I'm saying is it better work out. And they're relying on Anthony Volpe, uh, who's going to co- probably come up um, next year if all things go as planned. You're relying on this kid to be the next Derek Jeter. And I think that's just a lot of pressure to put that on, a, on a 20-year-old kid. That is an extreme amount of pressure. And, and it's unfair is, to him, but he, he has is, to answer the bell now. Yeah, I mean, he was picked very high. And there's no doubt, though. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. We have seen Yankee prospects fail over and over and over and over again. I mean, yeah. I could I list five right now. Remember when Glaber Torres was supposed to be the next big thing? Now we don't even know if he's going to be a starter. Yeah, well, right I'm, now he's not uh, He's not in the starting lineup no, because there's no room for him. I was going to say, like, I, he used to be Mr. Oriole Killer. You know what I mean? He used to go to Camden Yards and just absolutely destroy the Orioles. Yeah. And he was the man when we got him from the Cubs. Clint Frazier, another one there. We thought this guy was going to be amazing. Gary Sanchez, I mean, he was a prospect. Big time prospect for us. Obviously came up, performed decent, never really amounted to anything. Greg Bird, oh my yeah. God, Greg Bird, dude. Nah, a lot, a lot Greg of guys. It's just too much striking out. I don't know why the. I don't. Hopefully the approach is here at the plate is different. I want. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's. It, you know, it's been three. Hold on, we've been saying this for how many years? And it has to change. I know. Remember, I don't know if you remember this, but remember when we were like, I think we were like juniors in high school when they made the run. It was like the beginning of our junior year in high school, and they made that great run. They went to seven the games Astros, with the Astros, and I'm like, we are so close. We're going to get a lot better. And that was with a team that wasn't expected to do anything. I, I'm going to be honest. Do you think – no, I'm, I want you to be completely honest with me. Do you think if they kept Joe – would you rather have Joe Girardi now than Aaron Boone? 1,000%. Yeah. I mean, Girardi yeah. wasn't amazing with handling the bullpen, but, I mean, you can basically put anyone – Behind the and manage the Yankees right now, and they could probably do a better job than Aaron Boone. Joe, Aaron Boone's terrible. He's Joe, not a good Joe Girardi, I will I will admit I was wrong when I wanted him gone. I I wasn't really sure if I wanted him gone, but he made mistakes in that playoffs. Like he he, he like did too, there yeah. were plenty of mistakes that he made, but overall year to year consistency. I mean the guy brought it. I mean way it, more than than Boone definitely. Way more than. Can't compare that. No. And, uh, yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, Cashman and, and Steinbrenner are basically buying into the, the system they have, and they don't want to change anything right now. So, I mean, if they're going to do that and, and still not win, then, then the fans really don't have to go to the games, you know? What so, do you think is our biggest need? Like, in your opinion, what's the biggest need? I mean, biggest need? That's a good question. I mean, right now our, our starting catcher is Kyle Higashioka. I mean, 
he's not bad. The league has kind of turned into a where catchers are very good defensively and not great offensively. So I mean, him starting isn't the end of the world. Yeah, I don't think. That's but the, I would like I don't an upgrade at that position. I don't think that's the biggest problem. I, I think, think our, our biggest problem is our starting pitching. Starting pitching, yeah, has to be. Probably. And they're gonna sell us on. And I said this earlier today when we had Matt McHale on after the whistle. We said when Severino and Domingo Herman come back, they're gonna sell us on this. Oh, like it's so like you're getting another ace and a and a really good two starter. That's what they're yeah. gonna sell us on. And then either they're gonna come back, underperform, get hurt again, and it's gonna be the same old thing over again where these guys are hurt. Uh, also, too, I have no idea what it is with our team. If we have another injury reeled season, like for the yeah, fourth year with- in a row, like. I just don't understand. I swear. And listen, we make fun of the Mets for like having the worst training staff. The Yankees have like taken that place recently. Like <laughs> last it is year was a little better ins- in the fact that Judge, Judge and Stan really didn't get hurt. Knock on wood. But I mean, over the past years, though, it has been it has been really rough. It's and, been uh, insane. I I have yeah. like the year before that. Oh my oh, god! Oh, it was a tr- Everyone oh was god. on the aisle every time you turned your head. Oh my god! But yeah, like you said, the starting pitching is an issue. We're basically the Yankees are relying on Luis Severino to come back and be uh, his old Cy Young self, which I'm not sure is going to happen. I'm not sure. I mean, they said he was touching 97, 98, which is good, but we'll see. Okay, but he has I mean, where was the last time that like Luis Severino pitched for like consistently for us? Yeah, it was like two and a half years. <laughs> I ago. was gonna say. Yeah. So no, it's definitely not ideal to be banking on that, and I just I don't understand why they can't. Go out and trade for one of the, the Oakland A's had a fire sale this offseason. They traded. We did Matt not get Chapman, one player. Didn't get one player. Matt Chapman went to Toronto. Uh, Matt Olson went to the Atlanta Braves. And then Babbitt. B- yeah, Bassett went to or the Bassett, Mets. Bassett. I'm yeah, sorry. a guy who had a three one five ERA last year goes to the Mets, and he's their number three starter, and he would probably be the number two on the Yankees right now. And, and the Yankees couldn't do that. Glaber Torres is still on this team. He should be traded for. They still have two pitchers that, that are up for sale. Uh, Sean Manaya is a lefty. And Frankie Montes, who's a righty, who's a little younger, and he's the better uh, pitcher of the two. But I wouldn't mind either of them. They would fill a good middle-of-the-rotation role, and Glaber Torres is just going to sit on the bench right now. So I don't see why you can't get it done, bef- and honestly, deal done before opening day. Glaber Torres isn't getting paid that much, and he's a player who had a high ceiling. Like a high ceiling. So and he could still be probably, a starter on any I was going to say, like, honestly, put the guy at second base. Don't ask him to play shortstop because he, for he whatever can. reason, when you ask him to go to the other side of the infield, he cannot do that. He cannot <laughs> no. feel ground balls from that side. But if you ask him to play second base, he, you know, he probably could do it. Yeah, no. He, 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 <laughs> when he's at second, he's good. And he, he's been a streaky hitter. He's got to cut down on the strikeouts. But his power numbers were down last year. So I don't know. He's a little bit of a question mark. But as we said, I mean, the Yankees infield set. It's going to be Falefa at short. It's going to be Donaldson at third. It's going to be LeMahieu at second. And it's going to be Rizzo at first. And that's that's already set in stone. So also there's no too, place for Glaber in this Also, too, let me right ask now. you. I mean, do you think that Donaldson, going from Gio to Donaldson, is really going to fix that much in the team? I don't. I mean, honestly, I, I was Gio a big was a Gio good guy. Play? I, I was, was a big Gio guy, too. Like, I think I he was a fan guy. favorite. He, he was very good defensively. Great defensively. Now, he, you look he at his could, offensive numbers. They asked him to play shortstop, and that was just BS. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he, they, yeah, they he's just, not a shortstop. He just, they move him there in the middle of the scene, like, you're the shortstop. And then, like, I'm like, what is this? He doesn't and then have his, enough range. Then his numbers kind of, like, like fell at the plate because he's playing a new position. Like should that, be at third. Yeah, he should be why. at third base. He's our he, third baseman. Like I don't understand. Yeah, no. Defensively though, I'm not too worried because Donaldson, even though he's 36, he still makes the plays over there. He's obviously a little less athletic as he used to be, but he still makes the plays over there at third. And I think honestly, offensively, I'd rather have Donaldson just because the power numbers. Urshela was good at putting the ball in play, and he was yeah. a clutch hitter. He was. But Donaldson's uh, that's why definitely I like gonna give him. you more homers. Donaldson could get 30 homers this year, at Yankee uh, hitting uh, 81 games at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and, and how many strikeouts too to go along with the rest of our. That's team. true. He's not gonna hit for. He's definitely not gonna hit for average. I can tell you that. No. 
So we'll see. I mean, it's Which it's frustrating because you look at the Blue Jays lineup and it's very scary. And you look at the rotation. They built, they've built, they managed to build a better rotation than the Yankees, arguably, in the last like year or two. And oh, the they've Yankees been willing to In the last five years. They, they got Gosman, Berrios, Ryu. They got Kikuchi, who's not amazing, but it's still it's a deeper rotation than the Yankees. And the but Yankees they've been have planning for this for two years. Yeah. They made these moves last year, too. Exactly. The, the Blue Jays. Like, this you has been... Get, They've been like steadily improving. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the Blue Jays have been spending money and they've been giving up prospects. The Yankees, Brian Cashman's huge on hugging his prospects. I understand that in terms of you, you want to keep Volpe, that's fine. He's a, he could be a franchise shortstop. You, you don't trade him. Jason Dominguez, you want to keep him, that's fine. He could be a franchise outfielder. You don't trade him. But guys like pitching prospects like Gill and uh, – infielders like Peraza guys you have other we've guys in the organization so, that you can trade we've seen so but this was the thing this was the same problem years ago yeah when we had these guys remember we had this awesome like triple-a team with all these guys like we didn't we didn't move any of them we no, didn't Frazier any, never got traded Frazier never got traded Torres never got traded yeah, Torres you know what I mean we had all these guys Maybe you should start doing trading prospects for proven players. It's worked for other teams in the past, right? I, I don't I don't understand. I don't I mean, what we're do doing that. clearly isn't working, so why wouldn't you try and switch it? Yeah, it hasn't worked. So I, I mean, mean we'll this see. has been years of saying, like, oh, like let's trade a prospect. Oh no, we got this great. We gotta keep him. We gotta keep him. Yeah. And it's especially frustrating when you see the uh, across the Yes town. Network propaganda that gets put out where they're like, Oh no, you don't can't trade this guy. Look at this guy's minor league stats. It's all God, it's it's nonsense. Like, it actually is the worst. Yeah, and you and you look across town and the Mets this offseason they're spending money with Cohen and they got Scherzer, they traded for Bassett, they I'm made moves. I'm almost hoping like hoping that the Mets just blow us out of the water so that so we, we can wake be up. embarrassed. How Steinbrenner can be embarrassed at the roster that like we have and realize that it's just not good enough. No, I agree. That that might be what it takes for this team to wake up cuz uh Cuz I tell you what, Steve Cohen does not seem to really care about the tax. No, he wants he to doesn't. win. He wants to win and that's how every owner should be really. Uh especially in New York. Uh, and I mean, it's it's frustrating because we saw last year at Boston that wild card game, the way it went down, we lost, and we we thought all offseason, oh, it doesn't matter because we'll look at this free agent class and look at all this, we're going to improve a lot this offseason. Now, now you look at our roster, and we haven't improved really. Three awesome shortstops were available, and we didn't get any. Didn't get one of them. So I mean, I, and I, if I you want to say Matt Chapman's a shortstop, he's not really a shortstop. Uh, he's I mean, a third he, baseman. He played a little bit of shortstop, but I mean, you know. We, we didn't make any moves as no. far as that went. No, I mean, I um, like this Connor Falefa kid. I think he's not a superstar, but I, I mean, I, I, I like that he puts the ball in play and he's a great fielder. So I think that's going to add a different dynamic to this team, which I think uh, could be important down the stretch. So Also, too, we'll you want, I know we were talking about the prospects earlier. Remember when Tyler Wade was a huge prospect for us? Oh, yes. Oh, Tyler don't, tra- don't trade, don't trade uh, Tyler Wade. And, and now he's that he's, on, now he's a pinch runner for the Angels. Angels right? now, I was yeah. going to say. Where'd yeah. that get us? Where'd that get us? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I just pray Thank that God we didn't trade him. Yeah. Tyler Wade. Thank God we held on to him. <laughs> I just Ooh, pray that this offseason Tyler Wade. Go, this, I mean, uh, I forgot about that. I really did. Yeah, I did too. Such He's a uh, stupid move. Yeah, I just pray that this offseason, or not the offseason, sorry, this season goes the way that uh, Cashman and, and Steinbrenner imagine it going because I, I don't see it going the way they do. I think right now they're probably – Behind Toronto, I think they're by, they should I be behind today, Tampa. I Tampa said today they're the cheese. fourth best team in the division. Yeah, I mean, I think we're still better than Boston just because Boston's pitching. You mean, the team that, you mean the team that beat us and made it all the way to the ALCS last year? 
They did. They did. But, I mean, they, their sale is going to be out for at least a month with that injury. Sale wasn't there last year. Yeah. I, I don't know. Though. I, I, their they, pitching's listen, not good. Well, they have um, they got Yavaldi. Nathan Yavaldi. They lost uh, Rodriguez from their rotation. Mm. They still have a good lineup, though. I mean, they picked up no, their Story. their lineup is Bogarts, phenomenal. JD. Yeah, no, they Between got a good lineup. Devers and Bogarts and um, Story now. And then they also have... Um, uh, what is the? So we got Martinez. Martinez. Oh, Kike Hernandez. Yeah, Kike Hernandez is very good. Uh, yeah, I mean they have a player. lot of they have a Utility lot of good player. players. Yeah, no, they're gonna be. A th- I mean, the I, I always like divisions. Kike Hernandez. I thought that was an awesome signing by Boston. He went so under the radar two years with, ago. With with LA, yeah, he yeah. was always good. I, I, I mean, you know, too. the the thankfully the Yankees never had a need for a center fielder. Obviously, no, so, no, they have Aaron Hicks. So yeah, we had good. Aaron Hicks. He is on a really good deal. So <laughs> he took his money and ran, as they yeah, say. Oh my God, that but, guy uh, sucks. I wonder what they're gonna do there because I mean, really they, they could go the three big guys in the outfield, but I don't know how much they'll do that with. Uh, with the injury-prone stand and everything. Well, so. I think one of them is going to be a DH every single day. I can't wait till like, yeah. a week into the season when, like, we just start resting players, too. Oh, like, uh, that's the Aaron that, Boone special. Yeah, I gave, him, I gave him a day off. Like, uh, Gallo, he, Gallo needed a day he off. He needed one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he needed we're, one. We're too busy winning games over here. We don't need to play, guys. <laughs> yeah, they, so. like, I've never seen a team that, like, sits more people. Oh, they're the kings of it, yeah. Dude, and I swear, I, I even the Mets, like, do not sit. As much as we do, it's no. It's because and of how still, big we are. I still have no idea. Like I don't even understand the reasoning behind it. It's just because Judge Stan and and Gallo, like those guys, I guess are just so. You can't big put them in bubble wrap. They gotta play. I know. Imagine they're like, no, hey, we took Aaron Rodgers out of the fourth quarter. Like you know, we don't really want him to play. You yeah, exactly. I mean? It's ridiculous that they continuously do that. I'm hoping. Uh, it's not gonna change. It's not gonna change. They they think they have this science behind it that it's like they the players need rest. Like I understand here and there. Like at the end of a you know, off trip. day, yeah. Like you know what I mean. Fine, like but not, not consistently. No, but the Yankees like plan the off days out in advance. They don't. They, do. they don't. They don't use them in as they come. They they plan them out. They're like, no, you're you're sitting here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I mean, I'm not expecting much this year. I mean, I I'd, I think they're a wild card team at best. Honestly, they still have a good lineup, but. They got to prove me wrong for me to, to believe that they're a winning team. This is probably the first season in like a couple of years that I think we have no chance at the World Series. Yeah, I mean, you look at their odds, and they, according to them, they have a good chance. But according to Yankees fans, we don't have a great chance. Uh, Listen, we've seen this movie play over and over and over and over. Yeah. And I already know how this ends. With a playoff loss to an AL East <laughs> opponent. The Astros. Or the Astros. Yeah. Probably yeah. the Astros, Savage. right? That, I mean... Maybe the Astros. I mean, yeah, they're if we even get that they're far. They're interesting. They lost Correa. They still have a good lineup. Pitching is questionable. with Verlander come back? I mean, we'll see. Honestly, I think the Dodgers just have head and heels. Obviously, the best team as we know. Their lineup after picking up Freeman is just insane. Yeah, and, then and they're their pitching too between good. Dustin May and Walker Bueller and, and Kershaw back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's scary. I don't even need to mention so. Kershaw because he's like the third or fourth yeah. manager. It's just ridiculous. It's, yeah, teams it's, are dreaming. It's that. insane. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the baseball season. We got a a few weeks to it, uh, so can't come soon enough. Yeah. So uh, I think that'll do it for us today. Um, me and Jimmy Cody are going to sign off here, call to comeback. Uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll, uh, we'll be back Friday.